This is Rumble Strip, America Heilman. My son was born in 2003, in the fall. I was living with his father in a small rented house in my hometown, right off the highway. I didn't have a lot of experience with babies. I didn't have any friends who had any babies. And in fact, at the time, I didn't have many friends. I had just moved back to Vermont after being away for a long time. On the first morning, after the first night home with the baby, I found a pot of soup on the front doorstep. There was no note. And the following day, there was a tray of lasagna. And it went on like this, friends of friends of friends, and sometimes neighbors I'd never met, bringing gifts to make our new life easier and sweeter. It's 13 years later, but thinking about that pot of soup on the doorstep still fills me with the most profound gratitude. It's funny how humans seem to be at their most human around birth and then again at death. A few years after Henry was born, in the next town over, one of my oldest friends in the world was getting ready to die after a long illness. She was home with her wife, and the kitchen was full of soup and lasagna and people doing things to make life easier and sweeter, like doing dishes and arranging flowers. And right before Christine died, a group of strangers came to the house and stood by her bed and sang. They were a volunteer hospice choir, and even though no one in the house was particularly religious, I think they would all describe that moment as holy, which is a word that gets easier to use in moments like those. Today's episode is about a volunteer hospice choir, and it's produced by Sarah Brooke Curtis. The choir is called the Eventide Singers, and they're based in Greenfield, Massachusetts. They sing to comfort people who are ill or homebound or actively dying. The show is called We Are Sending You Light by Sarah Brooke Curtis. Welcome. I think about them as human beings, you know, and wondering what will be the next, you know, what the next hours or days will be like for that person and for that family. Um, sometimes I wonder if they did hear us. One of the things I think about when I see people who are imminently dying is there's no shoes next to the bed. They don't need shoes for where they're going next. And that's when they're really on their way. But, but you look at them and you don't know anything. You know, they're just, maybe they're in a Johnny, maybe they're just in bed clothes. You know, their hair may or may not have been combed and they're lying. If they're imminently dying, they're lying with their mouth open. If they're somewhere in between, maybe not. But you just, you don't, nothing reveals who they are and they've had a whole life. And so that seems so important to me to hold who they really were in mind as we sing to them. It's reassuring to have someone speak the truth to you. So if you are ready to be crossing that bar or if you are ready to hear about Sing to Me of Heaven or that there are angels hovering around, it's comforting for someone to actually name that.
We are singing small groups at bedside to support uh, people who are ill or and near end of life and uh, try to make their passage comfortable and, and uh, beautiful. I've, I've had a number of people that have, have said, oh my gosh, why would you want to do that? Hospice movement is a new movement, so most people, when someone's dying, don't, hey, let's call up a choir and come in and, you know, as mom's dying. Uh, so it's, it's taken the culture a while, and we're starting to catch on. So we sing in around 12 languages. We sing in four-part harmony, we sing intimately, and we're free. Some bright morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. sort of the spiritual thing you know are you, if you are godly or not godly you know that that's that's the closest to god is is the most pure beautiful sound that you make it sounds so religious but <laughs> We surround with our, with our loving voices. The surround sound thing is really special when it's close, because you have no, so that if there's a distance issue between the listener and the giver, the singer, uh, that really is assured it goes away when you are having the sound sung to you. So, so much of the, our sound comes out of loudspeakers and at a distance. And it becomes very personal to have it sung where you can hear the person's breath and everything else. <clears throat> the surround sound is more impregnable. It's a holding. When you have sound all around you, it's a holding. It's like you completely give up. You know, you're not like having to sit up and look in front of you at a performance or at anybody. It's like they're all around you, so you can't see the ones in back. And you just give in and let it wash over you. Work through me. Work through me. Work through me. Work through me. Everybody dies differently, just like everybody's born differently. But there are certain things that you come to understand and to expect. And, and if you see them, you know, over and over again, it takes some of the not just the mystery out of it, but the fear. i just never been around people who were dying. So it just increased my comfort level, realizing that you don't actually do anything. They're doing their own process, and you just be with them. If I hadn't been in Eventide, I don't think I would have been singing to my mother as she was dying. But I did do that. Most folks say that are really steeped in this work that hearing is the last thing to go. So even if I think they're not listening, they're listening. And even if they're not listening, I'm trying to give a gift of myself and my friends to them. I think they can sense it. 
It's an interesting thing. People are all different in how they receive you. You can see shifts, people's breathing changes. The changing of breathing. They start tapping their toes. They open their eyes, fluttering under eyelids. Their feet, their hands, their lips moving. Kneading of blankets. People who are seemingly unconscious might partially open their eyes or partially smile. Smile, keeping the beat. Beating to the music. Whether it's a head move or, you know, a little finger action or sometimes even toes and, and, and legs. Tapping their toes. Is, is there somebody there? Yes, there's somebody there. There was one woman, she had some kind of dementia, and we were doing a round that we sing, and this was our first education to realize, like, it's very confusing when you do a round to a mind that's already confused. <laughs> At some point she says, oh, that's just terrible. That's just terrible. <laughs> It was very hard to start to not break up right in that right in the moment, but um, that was when we learned not to do rounds for people with dementia. Inhale. Oh, the Sunday night rehearsal is like a little reverent pause. Just stand tall and for sixty seconds be quiet and There's very little pretension in this group, which I'm just, just that makes me happy. There's very little, as you, you know, we are a hospice choir, um, and here's the work we do. <laughs> it's fun before it's noble. You know, to sing someone into, into dying. We all just want to be seen. We want to be recognized as a human being that someone is noticing. And I think at a bedside, I'm noticing that this person is at the end of life or that this person is very weary. <clears throat> well, good morning, folks. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. We're back again. Remember, we're called Eventide. You may not remember. We love to sing songs. So we're going to sing some songs for you. When we go to a place like Farron, when the folks are in their wheelchair and despondent, not making eye contact, we leave our choral ensemble, we leave where we're standing and we just walk to them and look at them and hold their hands and we're just humanizing the situation. And you're triggering who knows what from their early life because music digs way, way back and it, it, it always is waking people up. So you're, you're triggering things and you just want to be a human presence because they're lonely. You know, can you imagine sitting all day you know, day in and day out for years at Farron, for years. Um, and all you have contact with is the folks that work there, and they're, they're wonderful. The people that work at Farron are wonderful. But to come in and to be a, a human presence, yeah, it just brings life. Okay. So, uh, we're going to sing our one uh, and then we're going to 
walked through the hall. Yeah. He's called the final beast and left him to yeah. paradise. Reference to, to paradise. That's it. That's it. about it shows me mind blowing people with severe mental illness and psychiatric problems that don't fit into like a normal setting for a nursing home all end up here and there's some pretty heavy duty you know psychiatric illnesses some of which are actually warning of the criminal and it's some it's pretty and you just see how much they They need validation, they need to be moved. was amazing. I never heard them before. Um. <laughs> and I heard the staff saying like, oh, I wish they could come in every day and sing. I saw some residents were trying to sing along. I saw tears in some of their eyes. And then obviously you heard some of them hollering out because they loved it. They were just saying like, yeah. And it was just like quiet, you know. Normally it's not like that up there. Normally everybody's yelling. She starts to make this noise, and I was trying to 
figure it out. And I was like, I can't leave. I just can't leave. So I just started singing, uh, we are sending you light. And my singers heard me. They started to come back in. And we just kept singing. Uh, and we didn't want to overdo our stay, but obviously she didn't want us to leave. And I think the noises she was making was expressing perhaps that she once loved to sing. And it, it, it was within seconds from, from laughter to tears. We are We Are Sending You Light, produced by Sarah Brooke Curtis. Sarah is a fellow member of The Herd, a collective of independent podcast producers from around the country. To hear more of Sarah's work, go to sarahbrookecurtis.com. That's Sarah without an H. If you want to learn more about the Eventide Singers, you can find them online at eventidesingers.com. Sarah wishes to thank Barbara Bushner, Alexa Burton, Judith Williams, Joe Torito, Lauren Kramer, Walt Kudnofsky, Sandra Platt, and Kelsey O'Brien. She also thanks the Farron Care Center and Poet Seat Nursing Home. I'll post links to both Sarah's work and also to the Event Tide Singers on my website at rumblestripvermont.com. This is Erica Heilman. Thanks very much for listening. Our way up to the farthest field.